You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for joining us. The music of Bronson Reed right there. We'll talk about him and a lot more right throughout the podcast. First of all though, let me say good day to my co-hosts, Walsh and Lyle. Hello boys. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, Walsh Lyle. Hi to you. Uh, how you going, mate? Hope you're well. Oh, excellent, mate. I'm, I'm fantastic. And you'd be wrapped because gyms are reopening. In Victoria, so you'll be able to get your uh, steroids and all that sort of stuff that you normally buy from your local oh, gym. The people, yeah, if he's if he's buying steroids, they're not working. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, I never said they were good ones. <laughs> Imagine what I would look like if I was off steroids. Whew. Jesus, thanks, Tony. Now, <laughs> yeah, good to be uh, good. Looking forward to the gyms being open uh, Friday. Yeah, we're not all lucky enough to have a full gym set up in our backyard like the wrestler house with Tyson and uh, Jet have. No, so, true. you know, yeah, looking forward to it. Welsh, I'm assuming, is looking forward to getting back one-on-one uh, Saturday morning and Tuesday morning sessions with Gore. I'm going Friday and I am not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> Your body's been out of it for two weeks. You're going to be sore. It's, Even, it's very, very Maybe a little start. bit longer than that, Tony. Yeah, you don't. That kind of training, you don't want to be stop-start. Nah. Well, uh, good luck to you both. I'll just go back to my leg press and just get the knee right. Well, you stopped using it. I'm up to 63 kilos on the leg press. I'm doing well. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It is. Um, it's fantastic. We're, uh, we're brought to you by the Australian Wrestling Network, Tony. Am I right? Yes, we are, which is an amazing network. It has countless hours of classic Australian wrestling videos new zealand and even stuff from overseas as well tasmania i don't think there's any tasmania in there at oh, the moment, it? okay. it's different overseas tony ah. it's a different country um yeah it's got well, some it's american over, it's over ac it's over ac it is exactly yeah japanese stuff plenty on there tony no fantastic so make sure you uh look up the it australian wrestling network in google it got me through lockdown um, yeah and after Again. hearing today that there's Again. a there's a case at Bondi, hopefully it's not going to have to get Sydney through lockdown at the end of um, <laughs> any time soon. It's not the first case of something that's gone through Bondi, let me tell you. <laughs> Speaking of um, of Sydney, uh, our guest last week, Sam Osmond. What a fantastic gentleman he was, and what a weekend he had as well. Yes, he did. So he won the title. Yep. Yeah. Our yeah, fingers are the pulse as usual, getting the guy on right before he wins the title. Um, see what happens, Tony. You come on our show, good things happen. See, it's not the first time to, that's we happened. We only talk to winners. 
That's it. And he's got a chance to double up on Sunday as well. Win a second I title. I hope everyone's been uh, messaging every promoter they know saying, hey, you should get Sam Osborne because they've all blocked me now. All the promoters? <laughs> yeah, I kept telling them they should get Sam Osborne. Now I've been blocked. Oh, well, it happens. Uh, I'll tell you what, you don't want to be blocked by this man. He's our guest tonight. Plenty have been. Uh, they <laughs> exactly do. He's a guy that's been involved in wrestling for a while, held a couple of heavyweight titles and when we talk heavyweight he's definitely one of those an actor and also the owner of a uh, a fairly large security company as well that's looked after some of the biggest names around the world when they come to australia guys help me welcome to the show wayne maddai g'day wayne how are you g'day mate i'm good thank you mate thanks for having me now thank you for coming on board let's start with the current at the moment because you've just been involved in a uh, a series called young rock which everyone's sort of been watching on TV and you've been playing Sergeant Slaughter. Tell us all about that. Yeah, look, I was lucky enough to be approached uh, early last year to audition for a role in uh, Young Rock. First of all, I got the role of Brutus Beefcake to audition for him. Uh, and I did that subsequently, submitted it, didn't hear anything back. He came back to me with a second audition, wanting me to be King Kong Bundy, which I thought was pretty ironic considering <laughs> I... I'm big, but I'm not that that big. If it's you know a different I mean. big, different big. It's a different big. It's a different <laughs> big because I'm trying to be nice to everyone, you know. So um, did that one, had a laugh with it, thought that's going to go nowhere. Uh, and then my agent, Ann Peters from SA Casting, come back to me and she goes, she's funny, she's like one of the ladies from Absolutely Fabulous. She goes, darling, she goes, I've got you the role. I've got you the perfect role. I said, what's that? She goes, I've got you Sergeant Slaughter. Do you know him? I've gone for Oh, I know him. <laughs> of course I know him. Uh, so submitted the audition. Uh, I got to ad-lib a little bit with the audition itself. So I had script, I had dialogue. Um, but they said, okay, we want you to ad-lib a little bit. And at the end of it, I'm basically telling Rocky, my, uh, Rocky Dwayne The Rock Johnson's grandmother that I'm covering for the Macho Man not being at the Battle Royals meeting that we're supposed to have. So, and then I was supposed to say, don't worry, I'm, I'm taking notes for him. And I spit this notepad around. It's got the American Eagle and flags and all this crap on there. There's nothing to do with the battle roll on there whatsoever. It's just a bit of a laugh. But in my audition, I've done that. But then I've drawn a, a ring and I've drawn a stick figure of the Macho Man doing the elbow drop off the top rope. So as I've spun the thing around, I've gone, don't worry. You know, I've taken notes for him. It's okay. And by the way, here's the Macho Man with the elbow drop. Oh, Yeah. And I threw the pad down on the table and uh, I thought, what the hell? We submitted that and uh, apparently Brian Gerwitz, who's one of the ex-writers of WWE, one of the producers of the show, thought it was fantastic. So uh, we waited. It was close to 100 days before I got the call and my agent rang me and she goes, look, you're 95% got the role. So uh, what's, what's, what's the hold up? She goes, it's your beard. And at that time, I had quite an extensive black beard. I looked like something from Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, they said they need to see your jawline and your chin obviously for <laughs> yeah I get it she said and I said well am I cast or am I not cast and she said no she said so the gamble is do you shave your beard off and give it a shot or do you not do it and keep your beard I said well I've had my beard and my goatee for over 20 years I said so you know it's a tough call so I spoke to my wife and my wife said look you've just got to do it so I took it off Got the, the Magnum PI porn star Mo, 
sent a couple of photos and it was lucky enough it was two days after that they come back straight away and said got it. And how did your wife how'd your wife like you without the beard? Oh, I don't know if she liked it or not. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> I actually took the moustache off. As soon as they told me I was cast, I took the mole off and thought I'm just gonna regrow it back in. So I'm I'm blessed with the fact that I can grow a beard within, you know, like five days. So it's like you, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Five minutes for me. Figured out five days. Uh, you, and you look the part too. I congratulate you on how you do look as Sergeant Slaughter. But the guy that looks even more like the person he is meant to be is the Iron Sheik. Who is he? Yeah. Brent Azar. He's an actor from the US. He was actually Arnold's body double in one of the Terminators. So, there you go. <clears throat> excuse me. Big guy. He's about my size. He's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Bodybuilder, really in shape. The only thing I would think of with the way he looked compared to the Iron Sheik was he was too lean. Yeah. The Iron Sheik always had a bit more of fluid and a flat stomach, whereas Brett had the six-pack. You know, he had everything. But you know what? Here is where it counts, and he had it 100%. The moustache, the face, he had the whole lot. So he did a great job. But you know what? Sergeant sort of whooped his ass in the battle. <laughs> what, was the, what was the truth like? There it? Oh, sorry. Is there any chance of us seeing the um, uh, the King Kong Bundy audition tape? Is there any chance? Oh of that being my God, I'm trying to even remember what it was. I think all it was it was literally <laughs> like a handful of words. I think he said something like "Give me a five count," and he had to put his hand up like that. That's all it was, because those small roles were basically when uh, Rocky's grandmother showed a show poster. It had the likes of King Kong Bundy on the show poster, and then that picture came alive with the wrestler saying his catchphrase. They had a young lad from VPW in Queensland play Greg Ballantyne. He said, I'm going to drop the hammer or something. But you know what was funny was the actual role of Brutus Beefcake was cut from the entire show. Slade Mercer was the guy that got the role and went to Queensland and filmed, and whatever he filmed never made it. So, uh, Slade Mercer is a big, uh, big friend of the show as well. That's uh, disappointing. That's Very good. We'll hold, we'll hold on to that till next time we talk to him. Yeah, You're definitely. Surprising. Like I spoke to him and I said, "Congratulations, well done. Be good to see you." Blah blah blah. And um, he did have a photo with Chavo up there, Chavo Guerrero, who was our wrestling choreographer. Um, so he was definitely on set and did what he had to, but it never made it. So, what was it like um, to shoot uh, t- TV? But there's wrestling involved. Like, what's it like as a former professional wrestler to shoot with with non professionals? Uh, it, look, we did a lot of training with the actors. Chavo did the bulk of it himself with all of them. I came up a little bit later, and then we did a bit of training together. Like we had to teach Matt Willing, who played Andre the Giant, how to do gorilla press. He, he wasn't sure on how to do it and so on. So Chavo, we're in the ring. They're all in the ring, and I'm in there with Chavo. Chavo says to me, he "Goes, you know how to do a gorilla press? Gorilla press? See, yeah, of course I do." And he said, "Right." And he just come running straight at me, and I'm like, "Oh shit." So I'm just grabbing him, picking him up and putting him over my head and I'm holding him there. And he's trying to tell the rest of the wrestlers things on what's going on. But as you're, you're aware or you might not be, as you do a gorilla press, one hand is on their throat. The other one is basically on their nuts. So <laughs> that's how you've got to hold them to balance. And they've got to post off you as well. So I'm pretty much choking Chavo out while he's trying to explain <laughs> how it's done. So it was, it was pretty funny. But you know what? The guys, Kevin Malik, who played the Macho Man, Brett, Matt, yeah, the the wild Samoan boys, John and that they they all picked it up really quick, so it was it was pretty easy. 
Let's go back to uh, how your wrestling career started. It's a, a fantastic story, and correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently you're doing security at a wrestling event in Adelaide, and the majority of the crowd thought that you were some wrestler who was just going to do a running at some point. And that never happened, but all of a sudden the promoter came up to you after the event and said, you're just exactly the sort of guy we're looking for. Yeah, look, I was we, we were approached by EPW Adelaide, my security company was, and asked if we could supply security to the local show. Um, I had no idea at that time that local wrestling was even happening in Adelaide. So, of course, being a wrestling fan from a young kid and so on, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, we'll do it. And I said, look, I'll even come and I'll, I'll work the show for you. So I stood at the runway where the staging was and so on. When I opened the doors, all the kids and everyone ran in. And about that time, I think I was close to about 140 kilos. I had short shaved head, but it was all blonde. So I kind of had the Tito Ortiz look, but just bigger. Um, I didn't have any of my tattoos then either, so I was clean skinned. But all the kids had come running up and they're whipping out their flip phones and they're taking pictures at me and all that. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go sit down. And they're like, you're one of the wrestlers. And I said, nah, nah. So I'm just security. And they're like, nah, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Obviously. So, end of the show, I'm still standing in the same spot. Chaos has happened in the ring. I haven't budged. And the kids come up and say, what are you, what are you doing anything? I said, because it's not what I do. They're like, oh. They all <laughs> left. And then, obviously, uh, Jag was the gentleman in charge of EPW Adelaide. Uh, we'd struck up a bit of a friendship, too. And Jag came up to me and he said, you know what? He said, I said, how was everything? He goes, it was really good. He said, except for one thing. And I said, what's that? He said, you. I said, oh. Sorry, what did I do wrong? And he said, mate, you didn't do anything wrong. He said, everyone was looking at you instead of the ring. And I said, oh, okay. I said, look, happy to not come anymore. I said, it's my company. I'll just send somebody else to my place and so on. He said, no, if you're keen, why don't we get you in the ring and start to train you up? And that's that's basically how it happened until my debut when we had Mark Aston, who's a, a famous South Australian sports reporter for Channel 10. He was in the ring at the end of a show doing an interview at the Hills with Jag and Havoc and everyone. Um, and then they turn on him and do a beat down on Mark Aston. So I do the old off with the security shirt where I'm standing, just hammer down the runway, jump in the ring and just wipe out all the bad guys. And so the crowd went nuts. There's an amateur footage on YouTube you can find that somebody took with their phone and it's just chaos. It's awesome. Not a bad bloke to have train you though. Absolutely. Jag's probably one of the best. I mean, we uh, spent a bit of time. I was lucky. I, I could pick up the breakfalls and a lot of stuff quite easily. And then the acting thing was maybe just something that was in me already. But I mean, I'd watched wrestling ever since I was five. And I mean, this wasn't until I was in my late 20s that this sort of happened. So. What was the what was the training like? Were you trepidatious doing it? Or is it like a, a dream come true that you didn't realise was a dream until the opportunity come along? Look, I've been doing security ever since I was 18. So I was in my late 20s. So for me to kick the shit out of someone and not get in trouble for it was great. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was good. Look, it was good fun. It was was interesting to learn um, the basics and the break falls. And it's like, I, I didn't learn how to punch or chop or kick. It was just learning how to fall and so on. But then, picking up in the body slams and the suplexes, which is something that I picked up from, from watching. You know, I knew where to put my arm to support someone's neck. I knew how to pull their head through and put them down for a body slam so I wouldn't hurt them. So I was really lucky. It kind of come somewhat natural. So. You've, uh, you've wrestled some 
great names. We'll go through a couple of them now. One I'm interested in, though, is when you come up against Sandman, former ECW heavyweight champion. Was that a bit of a different match for you? Obviously, probably more extreme than what you were used to. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was at um, one of the comic book convention style things in Melbourne. I can't remember if it was a Supernova or it was a something or other. I was scheduled to wrestle Sandman. And uh, earlier in the day, we had like a five or six man battle royal. And they put me in the ring. And I was still kind of a bit green too. So I'll admit to that. You know, that's fine. Uh, and it's my shot in the, the tag match. And I've got this kid and I've whipped him off the rope. And I've just done this big boot. And it looks like I've taken the poor kid's head clean off. He's just sold it like a million bucks. Sandman saw that and he said, there's no way I'm getting the ring with that <laughs> He was far too big. And he said, did you just see what he did to that kid? Meanwhile, this kid's fine, but he's just made me look like a million bucks. And Sandman turned around and said, no, not doing it. Well, that's when Um, you know you've got a really good big boot on you and you work the workers. (laughs) (laughs) I was 13, so it's decent. Uh, One that did happen was your match against uh, Big Papa Pump, though. Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner, yeah. Look, that uh, that was a pretty big honour for me. Like, I was shocked. I mean, it was for AAW in Perth, so it's one of their big shows. Andrew Carter, the guy running the show, says to me, he goes, we've, we've got someone for you to wrestle on, on one of our big shows. Says, yeah, cool. Who is it? He goes, it's Scott Steiner. I've got you a kid. There's nothing. I've got, oh, my God. I said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Uh, and then leading up to the show, I said, look, is there any way I can get in touch with Scott, chat, start to make a conversation, feel him out, see how he's like? He goes, nah, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So he, he wrestled in Melbourne, I believe, prior to wrestling me in Perth. I can't remember the guy's name he was wrestling. Um, he did that mad style character bloke, similar to Cracker Jack, but not, not quite as nuts as um, no, nobody is quite as nice. As <laughs> no one Jack. Is. That's sure. <laughs> Trust me, I've wrestled Cracker Jack more than I can count, and he's crazy. Um, anyway, Scott's come over. We're in the backstage. He's walked into the change room. I'm there. He's just walked in. He's ignored everyone. He's putting all his stuff down. I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, here we go. But all right, I'm going to get up and go say hello. So I've got up, I've walked over to him. Thank Christ, I was twice as big as him and twice as tall as him. I just put my hand down and I said, G'day, Scott, I'm Wayne. I said, well, I'm working with you today. It's a big honour. Shook my hand. He's looked at me. He's up and down like this. He's gone, okay. Turned back and continued on with his bag. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this could be great. So it was only like minutes before we were going to go out the backstage. And I walked up to him and I said, okay, what would you like me to do? I'm trying to be as polite and as nice as I can like this. He goes, look, I don't want to get hurt. I said, Scotty, neither do I. I said, I'm, you know, back then I would have been in my early 40s. Scott's in his mid-50s. I said, mate, I'm an old man too. I said, I'm hurt far beyond anyone ever knows with everything. I said, I'm sure you are as well. And the the tide changed once I said that. He said, great. I said, okay. He said, we'll start in the ring. He said, we'll do a couple of things. He said, you throw me out. Throw me over the crash barrier. He said, we're going to roll through the whole arena. We'll go through the bar. We'll just trash the whole place. Then we'll work back into the ring and we'll go for a finish after that. Great, fine with me. So we did that. The place went off. It was great. We got the finish we wanted. When I got back, first person standing backstage waiting for me to give me a hug, Scott Steiner. So I was pretty happy with that. Fantastic. Yeah, that's very good. 
But uh, t- just before you, uh, in your younger days, were you uh, a bodybuilder? Yeah, I started bodybuilding when I was about, well, I started training when I was 16. My first bodybuilding contest was when I was 19. Um, and I ended up winning Junior Mr. South Australia at about 115 kilos lean on stage. So I I got sent to America for my 21st birthday by my parents. So I got to see a couple of pro shows and get the idea on what they were doing over there. So when I come back, I'd seen Lee Priest in LA had gone ahead and dyed his hair blonde and wore these blue trunks and was all tanned up. And the visual effect on stage looked fantastic. So I thought, right, I'm going to do that. So I bleached my hair, did the tan, had the blue trunks. I subsequently, back then, it's in the early 90s, right, mind you, I've got the vanilla ice black top haircut. <laughs> I'm rocking that on stage as well. Uh, went out and did it. And yeah, it was lucky enough that I won. So. And it would have been around that time, probably, or maybe just a few years later, that did you, you audition for the Gladiators as well? Yeah, it was not long after that. The auditions came to Adelaide for the Gladiators, and one of my best friends is John Saru, who plays Vulcan. One of my best friends as well. Yeah, there we go. So Johnny said to me, he goes, brother, you need to audition for this. He said, I've spoken to production. They know. Um, they know who you are. He said, don't worry. The producers will be watching. Went, All right, cool. So we've gone there, and I don't know if you've ever seen what you have to go through for an audition of the Gladiators. I, I, actually, like did, I actually did the commentary for all episodes of the Gladiators. Oh, there you go. It's uh, it's brutal, Yeah, to be honest. Burpees, sit-ups, push-ups, running on the spot, shuttle runs, you know, chin-ups, the works. I'm over 130 kilos. I'm not built for any of that. None of that. <laughs> so good for a bodybuilder to do. Yeah, I've got the look, but I ain't got the goods for that sort of thing, you know? So, so I've given it a shot, and they have guys that are monitoring you all the way through the process of what you're doing, and they're picking people off in the crowd, in the, the groups, and they're cutting them off and saying, you're out, you're out. You don't keep up on the pace for the burpees, you get cut. I was far off the pace, as you could imagine, for the burpees, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm done. So when the guy's cut me, he's gone, right, you're off. And I've walked over to the edge and I'm standing there and my hands are on my hips. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, it's, it's all over. This lady walks up to me that I have no idea who she is. And she goes, are you Wayne? I said, yeah. She goes, move over to the next section. I'm like, oh, yes. So Johnny had obviously teed it up that, you know, if I was to fail in anything, I was being pushed forward anyway. Um, and I got to the section then. I made it all the way through. I did the big drop from the ceiling. Uh, from the ladder, and then you were to move into a section where you had to basically cut a promo, uh, like a wrestling promo, to the camera. And uh, they said, all right, your, your character's name is Thunder, so you have to, you know, oh, I'm the Thunder from down under, and whatever. I can't remember what I said. But I did that, and then uh, it was later on they made the decision, and I just missed out. Derek Boyer got my spot, in fact, because yeah. he had a little bit more acting career than, than what I did. I had the look that, every, that they wanted. So did Derek, of course. Uh, but Derek had the acting power. He had just done Street Fighter and something else, I think, prior. So he had that that in that little bit more than what I had. So. Went on to do Rocky Horror Pit, uh, Rocky Horror Pitch Show, if I remember correct. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I think you're right. He did, yeah. So. That was a, well, that was it was a great thing, Gladiator. There was no doubt about it. The couple of years that we had out of that was a lot of fun. One of my favourite shows. I used to watch it because I was doing security work. So I was bouncing in a nightclub. So I was lucky enough that when we started in the club, Gladiators was just on the TV. They had a big screen on one side of the wall. 
I used to make the DJ put gladiators on every time I was working on the Saturday night. So he changed the channel. They'd flick the channel, so I'd be standing there. I was supposed to be watching the crowd and everyone here that's doing whatever. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm this way watching gladiators, not worrying about anything that's going on. So. Fantastic. What um what got you into acting? What made you um, try your hand at it? Somebody, oh, I can't remember who it was, someone saw me in the ring and they come up to me after the show and they said, my God, they said, do you have this look and this presence that's different to everyone else? And mind you, back then when I started, you know, the only big guys that I really knew about were the giant coyote in Queensland, Cremata in Melbourne. Um, wasn't too sure of anyone in Sydney, but then, then there was me. And I was, you know, a lot different to Cremata and Big Josh. So they said, you know, you've got something. You need to go see a casting agency. And, and that's basically what I did. I took like a showreel, a minute 30 showreel, gave me the DVD and it started from there. I got my, uh, my first gig, I think, was playing a prison inmate in the movie Broken Hill. So, What's the, what's the difference between getting that instant reaction from a wrestling crowd or waiting months and months for a movie to come out to get the, well, the reaction of people in a cinema or watching it on TV with your family? Oh, it's horrible. The wait. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> that instant gratification in the ring is what you, you, you need, you crave it. You know, that's what you want. You know, if you do a massive move or you do the pin, you get the win, the crowd go berserk, it's sensational. You go backstage and the adrenaline's running, it's amazing. You shoot a scene in a movie that you know is going to be absolutely epic and it's going to go off in the cinemas, but then they go, cut, and then it's dead silent. And you go, <laughs> it's so different to get used to that. To that it's, it's, it's crazy. But when, like you said, when your family gets to see it and so on, that's the best feeling. Like only last was a couple of nights ago, we had my episode of Young Rock Ed on Fox 8, my wife and my my youngest son were there and they're jumping around, cheering away when Sergeant Slaughter gets on camera and all that. And I mean, we'd already seen it before. We saw it before it was even shown in the US. So, But it's still a, still a bit of a kick to see me with the, the porn moustache and the American accent. So, <laughs> And how do you go with the um, auditioning process and waiting, waiting to hear back from casting directors and about whether you've been successful? Because I imagine that would be difficult i'm absolutely terrible at it i hate waiting it's the worst thing i've ever had to put up with you know like i said it took roughly a hundred days from my initial audition for sergeant slaughter to get yes from my casting agent to say yep the producers love you like that i had to wait for Dwayne himself to give the producers the nod to say that i had the role of sergeant slaughter he was the last person that would make the choice. So I'm waiting for The Rock to tell me that I've got a role. And just, I don't have much hair, but you know what? I was tearing away at whatever I had. It took forever. So it's one of the hardest things with acting to do is once you do your audition, I just did an audition recently on the weekend for a massive film that's going to be filmed here uh, early next year. I can't say anything about it, but it's just huge. Um, and my agent loved it. She rang me and said, that's just brilliant. We're sending it off and yada, yada. Now I have to wait. I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait because they're not shooting until next year. I don't know if I'm going to get the nod in a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then start to build on what the character they want me to be. 
or I'm going to have to wait till early next year where they turn around and go, yep, okay, you're in. That's It's literally one of the hardest things of acting is the waiting. Yeah. And we're waiting for Dwayne to get the final tick off. It's not like he's not a busy man or anything either. Mate, yeah, I mean, come on, man. All you got to do is go, yeah, bro, you got it. Don't make me wait, you know? I'm almost the same size as you, man. We can go at it. It's all right. <laughs> Mate, of course, something you've been involved with for a long time is uh, the security business, and you've looked after some of the biggest names in the world. Uh, John Travolta, you, you had him for a while and lots of others. Did you also work with Hulk Hogan? Sure did. When he was in Melbourne doing the big promo tour when they were advertising coming back, I was with uh, him and Jimmy Hart. For, uh, I can't remember. It might have been five or six days he was in Melbourne. Might have went to Sydney as well. I can't remember. It's a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I got the chance to be with him and it was great. He's a really nice guy, really down to earth. We connected on a, a level because he was going through his divorce and so on. So we, we had similarities in that sense. And, and Jimmy's just great. He's just amazing. Such a nice guy. So it was a, a real good time. I mean, look, anytime I've worked with any of the WWE guys, they've all been fantastic. I haven't had a bad experience with any of them. Um, well, sorry, I've had one bad experience, and that was when I was in the lift in the Philippines with a big show, and he dropped his guts, and then he blamed me for it. <laughs> <laughs> just wrong. He's looked at me, and he's gone, Why? This list is full of all these little Filipinos, and they're all like going, oh. Like, it wasn't me, man. It was a giant fart, not a normal man's fart. Uh, speak, speaking of uh, Hulk Hogan, he's got the movie coming up in the next year or two. Is Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> you, might, you might get a... I don't know. You could send that audition from Fox 8 straight to um, which Mr. Bischoff. Hemsworth brother. Straight to think, Hems, one of the Hemsworth brothers. Bischoff might be the guy who needs to see that one. He's an yes, you've got to speak to the Bischoff. I, I don't yeah. know. It's already there. Let me just say there are things in the works. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Can't say any more. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. But looking after some of the stars are there, Without you may not want to mention any names, you might, but there are some that have sort of shocked you and thought, geez, I did not know that this person was just like that. Prima dollars, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, there's there's good and bad in all of them. It all depends. Um, I'll start with the good, the best I've ever worked with, and the nicest man I've ever met on this planet is John Travolta. He's an amazing man. He's he's gracious, he's very nice. Um, I remember when he first got off the private jet, I'm standing on the runway in the airport waiting for him to collect him and put him into the car and so on. And he's walked straight up to me and he stuck his hand out and he's looked at me and he goes, you are one very impressive man. And I thought, yeah, okay, we'll get along just fine after that. So, <laughs> uh, And we did. The thing was is that it's funny. When I work with talent like that, I, I don't talk to them unless they ask me a question or they engage in conversation with me. So I don't, I don't say anything. I sit in the front of the car. I'm standing behind them and whatnot. Um, but he always wanted to ask me questions. He always engaged in conversation. He wanted to know about my family, about what I did and so on and so forth. So it was really nice that he brought me to his level instead of being here normally where most of talent are, which I still understand. They've worked hard to get here. I'm here just to protect them. So I, I have no issues with that. But 
he, he had sort of the equality to bring me in and he was really a really nice guy. I really, I would love to work with him again. I've, I'm friends with his assistant. So, you know, we chat and his assistant sends him stuff that I've done in acting wise and so on and lets me know that John's seen it and thinks it's really good and so on. So, um, so he would be the best. When we go to the other end of the spectrum, I would call it probably people that are a little bit harder to work with would be the models, let's say. Hmm. The, um, running the security company and being a wrestler and being an actor, you must have got really good at networking. It's such yeah, an important it, part of all those roles. Extremely. It is extremely important to be able to network, to meet people. I mean, in the world of bodyguarding, it's not about going out and dishing out your business card to multiple agents and management and all that sort of stuff. That's not how it works. It's about word of mouth of people, you know, someone's going, look, we're going to take so-and-so to Australia. Who did you use when you were there? Oh, look, we use Wayne. He's the ex-pro wrestler and he's done this one, this one, this one, this one, blah, blah, blah. He's this big, he's this wide, perfect. No one goes near you when he's with you. Um, so that in itself is extremely handy and very helpful to, to, to market your business. Um, in turn two, I'm not the normal style of a bodyguard that you'd see, especially like when you, let's go to the movie, The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston. I'm no Kevin Costner. You're not carrying, not in the you're not carrying John Travolta out. <laughs> as long as they don't want me to sing, I will love you forever. Whatever that song was, we'll be fine. Maybe John can sing that. I don't know. Um, but I'm certainly not the sort that, you know, turns up in the suit and tie and all that. My, my style is I'm in the tactical boots, tactical pants, black polo shirt, and I'm just there doing what I have to do. And, of course, I'm heavily tattooed, you know, the big black beard and all that sort of stuff. So my style is the visual intimidation. People look at me and they go, yeah, I'm not going to go over there, you know. And that, that's that's fine with me because then I don't have to get physical with anyone. That's very Did you funny. ever think when you were a young lad that your height and I'm not sure how much you weighed back then, but did you ever think that this was the line of work that you're going to be doing, wrestling? Security, acting? Never. I was a short little fat kid in school that got bullied. <laughs> so it was a nice transition to hit 16, 17 and have a growth spurt and yeah. become skinny and uh, get a bit of confidence. I started training martial arts, so I ended up getting a black belt in karate when I was younger. Um, but then I got introduced into the gym when I was 16 and I started training, weight training then. So then putting some muscle on and all that sort of stuff. And that's how I transitioned into the, the bodybuilding from there. So I basically changed my entire image from what I was then within a couple of years. It was, it was quite different. What do you say now to kids who might be going through tough times at school and stuff like that, knowing that, you know, most of us at some stage have been bullied at school. What would you say to a young kid who's going through a tough time? Look, the best thing to do is to reach out, reach out to the teachers, reach out to your parents, reach out to your peers. You know, they, they have a great curriculum that tries to combat uh, bullying now in schools. They have, you know, there's a real awareness about it. Back when I was a kid, kind of, there wasn't too much about it. You know, I got, I got my nose busted, broken, literally, in class one day because I was sitting next to a girl that one of the, one of the new lads that come to school wanted to sit next to her. And I said, well, this is where I always sit knocked my pencil box off the, the table. I bent down to pick it up. And as I did, just copped an uppercut straight in the face and literally put my nose right across my face. So I had to have surgery to have it reset. You know, the kid didn't even get expelled or suspended. It was ridiculous back then. So 
nowadays there's a whole lot of difference to it. You know, if, if kids even use the wrong language, they uh, sent to the principal's office, and, you know, chastised for it or whatnot. So it's it's a whole different world now. But to say, you know, they got to be able to reach out to someone and have someone that they can go to. They can't deal with it inside themselves. So that's that's the best thing to do is find somebody that can help you, whether it's just to talk about it or, you know, counsellors in school these days. We never had a counsellor in, in high school when I was there. Mm. There was no one. The only counsellor I maybe had was probably the librarian at school that was half asleep when I was talking to her anyway. So she'd have no idea. No, it's important to get the get voices talking about this sort of stuff as well. Yeah, look, I've got two boys. I've got two boys, one that's 10 and one that's just about 18. So my 10-year-old Hunter, I, I'm you know, always worried about him. It's, you know, coming from a protection background, doing security and bodyguarding work, you know, he's paramount to me that he's going to be safe and so on. So I'm just lucky that everyone at his primary school knows who I am and they all know Hunter and they go, you're the, you're the kid with the big scary dad. And I'm like, yeah, winning. <laughs> How how important was it for you being younger, uh, getting into weight training? Like that just built confidence just in yourself. So then, you know, like bullies per se wouldn't be picking on you straight away. Yeah, look, because I like wrestling since I was so young, I wanted to look like a wrestler anyway. So the only way to do that is to bodybuild, especially back then in the 80s. They were just all monsters, you know? So... Uh, also, too, I had a lot of issues with my ankles playing basketball where I was always breaking or straining my ankles. So my dad took me to the gym to start with to learn to do the balancing on the wood with the ball, which would help strengthen your, your, your ankles. So I started doing that, but I, I started sneakily going in the corners and grabbing some weights and something that everyone else was doing, which he'd turn around and go, what are you doing? Nothing. But I used to sneakily do a bit every now and then. And then it just started from there and became a lifestyle for me, which it still is now. You know, I'm 47 years of age and I go to the gym every single day. Um, I hate if I miss going to the gym. It's something that's a part of my life now. So uh, it's important to me that it makes makes you feel good. It's, it's my time away too, where I get that 45 minutes to an hour just to myself, to re release, to relax, put a bit of music in, throw some weights around and not have anyone bother me whatsoever uh, and leave feeling good. So, but in turn, it's been part of my, well, part of my job forever, you know, for security, for bodyguarding, for wrestling, and now for acting. Look, I'm no Shakespearean. I'm not going to deliver you a, a plethora of dialogue that's going to be fantastic. But I can walk on the camera and scare the shit out of you if I have to. So that's where I need to stay looking the way that I have to. Do. So, it's, yeah, it's, gym's really important to me. You've mentioned uh, people see you and say, oh, that's the ex-wrestler. Any chance that that uh, changes back to wrestler? I saw a promo that uh, gives an indication that you might be coming back to the rings. Did you now? What promo was that? I know. I saw a video or something on, on <laughs> a Facebook channel. Oh, I'm not sure. Somewhere. Oh, where I was being released so, from jail. From the prison, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? I'd seen that way. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned. There you go. More to come on that. More to come. Yeah, I've got. I've got a. I've got a message from an old friend of yours, and this is how the oh, message. Jesus. This is how the message went. Uh, send him my regards. I fucking love Wayne. He's the best. 
That's from uh, Mark Williamson. Oh. <laughs> I love Mark back just as much. He, he, Lord, Mark Williamson. Lord, Lord, Lord oh, I apologise. He's not going to get it correct because he will crucify yourself, not alone. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, no, he scares the shit out of Bob. Don't worry about that. Oh, I know. That's already coming. Um, he wanted me to ask you about the time when you were working for Warzone and uh, Ben Gilbert. And he pitched what he wanted you and Mark to do in the lobby of a hotel room being standover merchants and shake him down. <laughs> there was a picture that appeared on Facebook today in somewhat of a memory. And it's that photo, ironically, that you say he that. He also sent me the photo. I have it too. <laughs> <laughs> I would keep walking if I walked into that lobby. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's, it's an, a hotel close to the airport. Because Benny used to put me close to the airport because I used to like to fly in, do the show, go to the hotel, and then fly out the next day, be back home with my family. And Ben said, I'm going to come to the hotel. We'll catch up with you and Mark, and we'll have a, a meeting about stuff. And so I was, yeah, great. So um, me and Mark are sitting on one couch. Benny's on the other. I've got, like, just a tight T-shirt with my sunnies on with my beanie pulled all the way down so you can only see, like, this much of my face. Mark's sitting there like this, as he's with this look on his face, like, you know, I'm going to tear you and you arsehole, that look, you know. And then Benny's taking the photo and he sent it. And that's, I think that's something similar to what he wrote on it was, I feel like I'm being shaken down or it's a mob meeting or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, it's one of the best photos ever. It's hilarious. I think I'm looking at the photo now. And I, yeah, I did. I've got a new, yeah. new York Yankees T-shirt on. Yeah, the that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Mark always looks like that. He never has a happy face. Mark. No, oh, look, we've had some funny times together. Look, Mark saved basically my wrestling career because I was wrestling for EPW Adelaide, um, and it was going along okay. But then, as things do, everyone has a falling out with someone at some stage. Me and Jag had a falling. I don't have a bad word to say about Jag. Me and Jag have buried the hatchet a long time ago and he's doing amazing in the US and I love what he does. But we had a falling out. So I thought, well, shit. I didn't know if there was anywhere else to go in Adelaide to wrestle and so on. I didn't know what to do. So I started looking around and, and I found Nightmare Wrestling, which Mark was involved in back then. And I reached out to him and I sent him some photos and said, hey, man, look, I'd really love to come over and do something. Mark just grabbed me with two hands straight away. He was like, you're mine. Come with me. Okay, so that's how it started, and then Mark opened so many different doors for me and took care of me, and he was amazing. We're still amazing friends to this day. You know, he's a great supporter of my acting. He posted uh, the video of when Sergeant Slaughter actually said about me, about me uh, playing his character in Young Rock and so on. So he uh, he he gave me his blessing. But Mark went and shared that on all of his different social media levels to try and get that out there, which was really great. He didn't have to do it, but it was really great of him. So, um, he, like I said, he's still a great supporter of mine today, and I love him for it. He's great. He's one of those people, Mark, that if he likes you, you'll know that he likes you. He'll go out of his way. Absolutely. And if he hates you, you're in you'll trouble. Know. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Wayne, it's been great to have you on board. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, great to see things are really kicking goals. I hope you uh, find out soon about this big part next year. My God, so do I, but I 
highly doubt it. You know, I've only sent it off a week ago, so I've got, you know, what, another 300 and something days to go, I guess, if it keeps with the same parameter as Young Rock. <laughs> need to even get an inkling of whether or not I've got a chance. So I'm going to go greyer than I am already. Thank God for, you know, NT or die. It happens to the best of us, mate. Uh, hopefully we won't see you in the, ring again, in the ring again soon. You just never know about that either. And we thank you so much, mate, for your time. Really do appreciate it. No, thanks, fellas. It's been great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Wayne Maddai joining us here on the Turnbuckle. segment of the show the music of Samoa Joe joins us and I look forward to talking about Samoa Joe who's found himself back on the screens of the WWE we'll talk more about that shortly but first of all Wayne Matai gee whiz I tell you what looking forward to seeing his uh re-emergence in the wrestling scene yeah uh you have a little bit of a teaser there so um looks like we're going to see him back at a venue near you very soon um yeah I'm also interested to get deeper into his stuff with Bullet Click because um, we had a chat off air and I think there's a lot more to explore with him. Yeah, oh, def- definitely we'll be having a part two with Wayne. That's the, or the maniac. Uh, that's for sure. We have a couple of teasers there with bigger uh, film project coming up and, you know, dipping his toe back into wrestling and the Bullet Cl- uh, Click stuff. That's going to be real juicy when we can uh, get that one. Well, we might see if we can organise something with Wayne before he uh, does step back into the ring at some point. Oh, yeah. uh, We'll help promote that event and, uh, as you said, a good chat coming up with him for a second time around. All right, boys, let's have a look at the uh, news that's going around in the world of wrestling. And great to see WWE have got a competition where they're bringing NXT TakeOver into someone's house. No, they haven't, Tony. (laughs) Well, you've got written here NXT TakeOver in your house. Isn't it a competition? It was back in the day, Tony, that you could win It was to win a house. house back in the day, but yeah. um, no, no, uh, NXT in your house was on on the weekend, but obviously you didn't watch it, Tony? Uh, no. Yeah, Sam, Sam Osborne won. <laughs> NXT TakeOver? No, no, was, um, what? did you watch it, Lyle? Uh, I uh, watched the Bronson Reed match and the main event uh, so far. I... Um, I uh, I thought it was a good show without being a great show. Uh, the main yeah. event was pretty sick, though. Yeah, the main event is you know, that classic NXT TakeOver slash PWG wrestling with uh, Karrion Cross in there, absolutely murdering everyone, which is he a essentially, lot of fun. Well, he's essentially... Um, the storyline they're pushing is that he's um, defeated the Mount Rushmore of NXT in one match. So yeah. there's no more competition for him. So yeah. basically they're doing um, doing that story at the moment. Um, be interesting to see where it goes. And Raquel Gonzalez, actually one of the most improved wrestlers going around. She's actually getting pretty good now. You're saying the performance center works? I'm saying that it can if you've got a person who wants to put in the work, yeah. I like it. I like also it. helps yeah. she's she's massive, but she's She's got some personality about her. Dakota Kai helps a lot as well. Um, yeah. I think they've 
She's basically been she's a modern day Kevin Nash sort of treatment. The coolest man in professional wrestling, Kevin Nash. No, just um the they started as the heater with the yep. work with with someone who can bump and then Yeah. I think That's they're trying probably... it too much though. They've got three people doing the same storyline at the moment. <laughs> um, so I'm presuming by the fact that we're not talking about Bronson Reed, he defended his title successfully. Yeah, we'll get, he, we'll get to it. He did, but um, I'm not In sure about a match where it's like tag, it's a triple, th- like it's a, uh, sorry, six man tag, but all the titles are on the line at the same time. Like it doesn't, like, a, it's not a great story. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. it was, I, I wrote down some notes while watching it. It was just reminded me of uh, the early 2000s WCW. It was very... I'm not a fan of it. Um, you know, they, they could have just had the six-man tag. It was a great match. Um, I could have had that to, to win a shot at the titles, maybe, or something. Yeah, I something like that. It, it or someone, line. Yeah, maybe someone pin Bronson in that or gets a close call and they get a title shot further down the line. I'm not sure. Yeah, very strange. You can't uh, have Bronson lose at the moment, in my opinion. No, so, of course. Um, I think even having Escobar pin one of the other guys and say that he's officially got a win over Bronson Reed would work. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I, thought, I thought it was a really fun match. You had the five guys running around with speed and using Bronson as the, the big monster of the match. You know, his dive was crazy. I feel in front of a real NXT crowd um, for a takeover, um, the match would have got over really well. The barricade spot at, near the end of the match was amazing. Uh, looked like he absolutely murdered the guy. So, yeah. Thompson's from splash what I've looks seen, really impactful on TV as well. Yeah, definitely. That's shot really well. All right. NXT takeover in your house. Fully summarised and wrapped up. Yeah. Yes, well, cool. it's worth watching. Uh, I did watch two hundred five live though, and saw the, the whole show. No, uh, well, yes, it's only two matches, isn't it? I didn't did I miss the whole show. <laughs> when, when you messaged the other match that you watched, Tony, I didn't know three of the guys. <laughs> no, neither did uh, I. I did because one of them, one of them is Alex Zane. Can I, can I, can I just say right here and now, Alex Zane renamed. People aren't going to believe this. But at the end of the Grayson Waller match, I jumped on our little group chat between the three of us. And I said, how fantastic was that? What amazing win, da-da-da. Both boys responded, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Well, don't, oh, thanks for the spoiler. What? Well, neither I can't believe that I'm the only person that watched a WWE event without you guys watching it. Firstly, not, neither of us said thanks for the spoiler because you didn't give a spoiler. You just said it was good. <laughs> Saying something's good is not a spoiler. Oh, um, yeah. Secondly, we've got lives, Tony. And if we're going to watch anything live, it's not going to be 205 Live. Well, it is with Manny um, Wahlberg or Grayson Wallers. I will have a crack, at it, have a crack at it when I when I get home and I've got a spare minute. Hey, I tell and you what, was... didn't, the, didn't the commentators put him over, though? That was fantastic. Oh, huge. Yeah, I eventually watched it on my own time, as I tend to do with most streaming services nowadays. Um, I thought it was really good. It was a good debut. Haven't you cracked the code, Lyle? Sorry? Haven't you cracked the code? Most people watch streaming services on their own time. What's the... Well, Tony's trying to tell us otherwise. (laughs) Just because it's it's called 205 Live, Tony, it doesn't mean it's gone to the ETH. Yeah, but it was at 12 o'clock. That's what confused me. 
I was going to what? tune in at 205. <laughs> because that's what I thought you were telling me. And then I realized when I went in to watch it on WWE that it was coming on at 12 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, shit, lucky. I, I, don't even, I can't even remember what day you messaged us to say. But at, tw- at lunchtime during the day, I'm probably at work most of the oh, time. And even if it's on the it was on a week, on a Saturday, no way am I sitting down watching I wrestling. can honestly tell you, I had no idea what day 205 Live was on. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all week. Didn't it used to be on Tuesdays? <laughs> I have no idea. I, they tape As it part up. of I NXT brand now, I got it. Can I, I, can I just say, drivers. honestly, there's, it's not one of the best shows around. It's, it's just content. It's a content company. It's um, somehow it's still better than Raw. And, and obviously, Tony, if it didn't have an Australian on it, we all three of us collectively would never have gone near it. I thought it was good. The commentators put uh, Matty over really strong at the start Grayson. of the match. It's Grayson. Grayson, sorry, it's going to take a while. Um, I think he'll get over with the American crowd. Who's Matty? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Waller. Waller I think he'll get over in front of uh, the American crowd. So I'm looking forward to checking oh, at- uh, 205 Live this upcoming Saturday at 12 o'clock. He didn't look out of place, so I think it'll be too long before we see him on NXT. Yep. The new cruiserweight enters the WWE. What I like about it, actually, sorry, um, is that he's got a point of difference because he's not doing all the flips. So when you're talking 205 Live, everyone's wrestling the same style, and he's not. And I think that might stand out. Yeah. His flashy stuff is in between the moves Mm. that he does. His charisma, so... Yeah, I'd actually like to see him do some Bollywood dancing. Bollywood. So that would be stealing his. That would be stealing his opponent's gimmick. No, well, it would be too correct. Yeah, but not do that. Hope, uh, hope he doesn't need two shoulders to do that dancing. The wrestling figure wars is still continuing. This is getting ugly. Did I forget to take that off? <laughs> PWA in Sydney and EPW in Perth had fantastic shows. <laughs> You're nothing but professional, Tony. Even though it's not meant to be on the run sheet, you'll read it verbatim. I like it. He's very much, very much um, Anchorman material. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I put random question marks in there. Uh, Tell us about the the PWA event in Sydney. Of course, it was live on Fight TV. Yeah, so the match between Robbie, uh, Lightspeed Express and um, Aussie Open was fantastic, as everyone would expect. Um, having Aussie Open going around Australia having dream matches against some of the best tag teams is is a real highlight at the moment and um, I obviously haven't seen EPW yet but all reports out of the show is that it was insane and some of the gifts I've seen come out of it uh, is Gavin McGavin still alive? Oh gee whiz how he did not honestly how he did not do himself some serious damage (laughs) to his neck and his head I yeah. nearly vomited when I saw that's, it. Oh. That's a high. That's a high neck drop. That's very that's, high. Oh, it, it, it was a marginal. There was even some neck in it. There was a very head drop. Um, he did reply to well, whoever was controlling his Twitter on Sunday yeah, did reply. Could, maybe Marcus grabbed his phone um, <laughs> while someone was carting away that lifeless body. Um, but that's the second match. But their first match was a banger. Uh, um, 
that looked no different. Uh, uh, Marcus, the, second, Edith, the first if the first match was a banger, that was a bang up. Oh yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, Musinov's having uh, a pretty good run um, at the yeah. moment. He's yeah. as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, but and what, he did a little know, bit of Stone Cold uh, gimmick. Can well. I just say, guys, you know what it does do, though? And it was something that I showed my wife, who has always said, oh, you know, wrestling, wrestling, da, da, da. What it proves is that anything, so many things can go wrong at any given time. Just watch New Japan. Well, yeah. <laughs> Injury in every match at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no that- matter how good the talent is and no matter how much they've worked together and all that sort of stuff. It, every move that they make is an inch closer to something going wrong. Oh yeah, They're, yeah. Can't say no. These guys are putting guys and girls are putting their life on the line each time they step in the ring. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes the spots are getting crazier and crazier. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching it. From all reports, Edith Knight and uh, Casey Johns tore the house down as well. Did you to see that. their faces after the match? They, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that must yeah. be a pretty stiff contest. Yeah, they've like beaten Gavin... they've beaten the, they've beaten the tar out of each other. Yeah, I think Gavin McGavin asked if they were both okay. That's how yeah, they looked <laughs> after their match. Uh, but yeah, you can follow along the EPW's shows on Instagram on their stories because they share a lot of it. Um, so but that'll be up soon get... enough. Yep. And obviously, yeah, look, you can still watch PWA on Fight TV. And um, I know MCW just put up Ballroom Brawl on yeah, Fight Ball, TV. Yeah, did too. And RCW have just put up at least the first night of their doubleheader. So there's plenty of Australian wrestling to watch at the moment. Yeah. Fantastic news. Uh, DMD, you announced their new venue, and it's one that Melbourne wrestling fans will be very, very familiar with. They're going to the Dragonfly. Now, the Dragonfly is closed, Tony. Not I'm sick familiar. of you. You keep suggesting it for our like for us catching up for dinner, but it's not open anymore, and we don't want food poisoning. Oh, the rats will still be there, though. <laughs> Probably Tony's not about food poisoning. I got um, a first name basis with the rats at the Dragonfly. Well, uh, they're they're in the kitchen helping the chefs out, weren't they? Correct. It was like um, ratatouille. Uh, but <laughs> it was like a Disney movie there. <laughs> DMD, you have um, secured the Ukrainian Hall in Essendon. Fantastic. Which has been, I mean, a lot, I've seen a lot of posts from wrestling fans like, oh, my first indie show was here. Um, a lot of wrestlers who um, started out as fans in that venue and now they're going to get the opportunity to work there. Yeah. So um, it's amazing. And I think that it's going to, like, when you went to DMD, they're doing a pretty good job in the venue they're in. But it still felt like you're um, in a conference center, like, you know, about to go to an all-day meeting for work at lunchtime. Um, now they're going to be able to fit this place out in a way that suits the personality of the company. And I think um, they can fit that out like a grungy, like a, a punk bar um, and slowly build on what they have around the venue. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. just The hot dogs, are they going to be there? Not no. at this stage. No, they haven't oh. food at this stage. So, um, yeah, I was just I was leaving money on the back. table. Leaving money yeah. on the table. I know. Just yeah, you know, we we spoke about food at wrestling events. I just thought we might have been on to something, build momentum. Hot dogs at the yeah. Ukrainian Hall. 
JXT's barbecue in uh, Bacchus Marsh in a couple of weeks. So, I don't know if that's even going to be. Has that been mentioned? Oh, everyone's letting us down. Um, there are good venues, food venues around the Ukrainian hall, but yeah, um, hopefully at some stage um, we can, as long as I don't have steamed dim sims. Fried dim sims. Or fried. We should, mention, we should mention too that WrestleRock have announced that their show for Saturday, July the 31st at the iconic Corner Hotel, 50% sold there. So WrestleRock, our attitude ain't an error. Uh, right. Make sure you get on. In, I better get. Those. I better book some tickets to that then. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel, feel that that probably would have been close to selling out had it not been for everyone being a little bit standoffish due to the recent lockdown. Well, but um, people from the eastern yeah. suburbs can now travel more than twenty five k, so they can get into Richmond. Everybody can. We know that we can travel as far as we want now. I know. Friday. How good's that? It's good. How good's that? And you can also have two people over at your place. So. I would yeah, like you two to down, be the first people downside. to come to my place. Oh, fuck. I'll All put right, on a so barbecue. We'll I'll wear my JXT or... top so you can think it's JXT long. <laughs> if that helps. Uh, future, future Wrestling. Debuts on Fight TV. They're snapping them up, aren't they? Yeah, um, there's obviously Australian wrestling is happening more than anywhere else on the planet. So congratulations to, to Flash on getting this up and running it'll be interesting to see he's got a stack card actually um yeah can the uh melbournians get there no you oh, they can't can. no they they, they can. can yeah oh that's can good go to sydney. got got oh, royce going sydney, up yeah uh Amar. Well, now there's a now there's a case in uh bondi i don't know if we'd want to <laughs> yeah, don't bring <laughs> it back quarantine up there uh you know tyson and jet it's i'm not sure uh, if they got cancelled or not but i know that they can go to new south wales yeah but that, um, but what Future have been doing, bringing in a lot of interstaters, you know, Matt Hayter on the card, Brooksy, um, Kaz and Dalcano from well, they've DPW. taken Jack Tyson's place, so yeah, so just more more exposure for interstate uh, people to get booked. So yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying what they're doing. Oh, good! You can watch it on Fight TV. You can, and that is, of course, live on Sunday, June the 20th, Future Wrestling in Sydney, hosting Resolution 4, as well, she said, live on Fight TV. Before that, though, on Saturday, June the 19th, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling presents Over the Top from Alphen Sports Centre. Suplex Pro Wrestling in Cessnock, New South Wales, have their three-year anniversary show. Wide Bay Pro Wrestling in Queensland have Rampage at the Maryborough State High School with Adam Brooks making his debut up there. And on Monday, June the 21st, it's my birthday. Is it? Yeah. Happy birthday. Tony. I think that'll be live on Fight TV as well if no one gets me a present in this It'll household. be live on Fight It'll probably be live on Fight TV because you and your missus will probably have a bust up over something. Yeah. That'll be Tony's fault <laughs> as usual. Oh, definitely be Tony's fault. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'll look for the worst part is Tony, you can't go on a six hour walk around the suburbs to blow off steam because of your knee injury. Yeah, that's true. Good point. I'll push it though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll push it. <laughs> Done that before. Well, uh, I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. You went so far you had to get moved behind. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's a, just if Ariel was block. a Saturday, if Ariel was a Saturday night, I could have gone and seen PCW. I went that far. <laughs> I tell you what, that that's a hard drive, let alone a walk, Tony. <laughs> no wonder my knee was stuffed. It was all good before that. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> I did thirty-three years of wear out in one afternoon. All uh, because you wouldn't put the dishes away. Unbelievable. Exactly. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> See you later. Have a great week in wrestling, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Who are we talking to next week? Chanel Phoenix. Oh, looking forward looking to that. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, we are too. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com.